Welcome to 360 Degrees, a podcast from the University of Southampton's Development and Alumni Relations team with me, Emily Harrison. On this week's episode, I chat to three of our fantastic alumni who work in music and broadcasting, including two who usually work behind the scenes on this podcast that we've now brought in front of the mic. This was genuinely one of my favourite episodes to record, so I hope you enjoy too. My name is Polly. I graduated from Southampton in 2019. I studied English language and linguistics and now I work at Virgin Radio in London as an assistant producer. So I work on The Breakfast Show and also on The Graham Not On Weekend Show too. I'm Danielle Perry. I did a music degree at Southampton University and now I'm a national radio broadcaster, voiceover agent, artist manager and I've been on the Mercury Music Prize judging panel for the past six years. Hi, I'm James. I studied music at the University of Southampton. I'm currently a band coach at Irock School of Music. I also do freelance audio editing and performing. So did you always want to get into radio and broadcasting? I've wanted to do it for a long time, but I think when I was younger, I went through a cycle of every year it was something different that I wanted to do. So the ones I remember were the very obvious ones like pop star, princess when I was really little, and then in my teens it sort of transferred to like I wanted to be a journalist and a fashion designer and then when I was about 15 we had to organize our own work experience at school and it actually got cancelled and that's when I was like I really actually just want to do that so I organized it myself and I was thinking what sort of thing could I do and I honestly don't know how it came about, but I was sort of researching cooler things you could do because I didn't want to do like bog standard work experience and then something came up at my community station that I saw someone else had done online. So I emailed them and I was very gushy, obviously said I'd wanted to do it for ages and that I really enjoyed it. And I did love listening to radio, but yeah, it all started there really. Once I'd done that three days of work experience, I never looked back. And Danielle, what about you? No, it wasn't at all. I'd I'd done a little bit of work experience, but I knew I wanted to work in the media in some description. Both my parents had worked in sort of various outings within it. And my mum used to work for the TV centre in Southampton, which was called TVS. And so I'd sort of gone into there when I was a kid and I, I always used to pretend I was ill so I could go in with her and just kind of sit in the newsroom. And I love the element of live and the kind of, without being annoying, the show business aspect of it, I suppose. And the characters you got, they're pretty concentrated characters you get in that media and I wrote letters to the local tv channel and the local newspaper and radio and the radio was the first one that came back but it certainly wasn't what I set out to do. So did you pick your course with your career in mind? I had initially sort of looked at music business courses at other universities and radio production ones as well there didn't tend to be anything too specific about that But I'm also very bad at making up my mind. So that seemed a little bit scary to commit myself fully to one thing. And I really always enjoyed languages at school. So I started out doing French and linguistics. I thought that would be more transferable. And I knew Southampton had a student radio station as well, which my mum eagerly pushed me towards on the open day. Thanks for that, mum. As embarrassing as it was at the time, it's very much helped me out now. Got to the end of second year. Wasn't very happy doing French. 
I asked to change courses to English language and linguistics and the university were very helpful with that actually. So I ended up doing the same amount of years. I did four years at Southampton and finished with the English language and linguistics degree, which I absolutely loved. And it meant I did end up writing my dissertation on a radio presenter and how they spoke. So yeah, that worked out quite well in the end. So coming out of A-levels, I was doing music, music tech and business. And naturally my worst subject was music. My best subject was business. So I was dead set on going to study business somewhere. I think I then came to an open day at Southampton and it really suited me. I liked the whole campus in the city kind of vibe. And I was chatting to some of the graduates and saying, how, you know, their friends who are years above, what have they gone on to do? And they've said, well, those who have gotten involved, especially in societies, that almost influences their direction more. Go study something you enjoy. So I did. And I loved Southampton. You know, excellent course. I think it was the number one music course in the country at some point whilst I was studying. Yeah, and I don't regret it. I think definitely doing something I enjoyed was so important. So for anyone that's not familiar with it, what's it like being involved in student radio, Polly? Backstory of it was that I was just a normal member of the station. You don't obviously have to commit your life to it like I did. That was just... (laughs) how I chose to run my university career with difficulty. I absolutely loved it, but I ended up running to be on the committee the next year. I got voted on as program controller, which is sort of the person who organises the schedule, chooses when the shows go, works with all the heads of teams to organise when their shows go, etc, etc. And I felt like that was a really nice sort of stepping stone to being in charge. But yeah, that process was really cool, actually, in terms of just being a great part of student life as well as sort of training to be in radio. I think whether or not you actually want to work in radio, being part of a student radio station is always a lot of fun. And so after you graduated, what was your first move after university? I'd actually been doing work experience at a local station, Capital South Coast in Sedgensworth West. I think because of how the radio industry works now, it's been combined with another station, but it was where the local heart station was as well. So I'd been interning there for a long time. That kind of came to a close because of the sort of regional move of radio stations at the time. If you're a radio nut, you'll know what I mean. If you're not, basically everything just got centralised and there was a lot more national broadcasting rather than regional broadcasting. So yeah, I'd, I'd done that interning and I was looking for sort of the next step I was working in the University Careers Centre at the time because, you know, everyone needs a job when they finish uni and money. And they very kindly hired me on a temporary basis uh, as I was looking for a job there as well when I applied. So I was working there part time and then also joined the Student Radio Association, which was almost like a student radio station, but on a larger body, sort of acting on a volunteer basis to assist student radio stations around the country and still make it fun make sure loads of people got opportunities which was a really good experience as well I met someone there who introduced me to their producer where I work now at Virgin Radio did some work experience for a couple of days got some experience and then started working on a freelance basis and yeah I'm still here (laughs) they've not kicked me out yet and was it different moving to Virgin Radio I think it was initially quite overwhelming obviously going from A student station where you're doing everything for a laugh, there's a lot of free-flowing content, you can kind of talk about whatever you want to talk about. Going to a national station where, A, you know there are a lot of high-profile people floating about and 
being in charge of not making a station go off air, yes, is intimidating in a student radio station, is very intimidating in a national radio station, but everyone is really lovely. I think it very much taught me just to be honest about when you need help and searching out the right people who can help you as well. Luckily here, everyone is very helpful. And again, if you're honest with them about what you do know and don't know, everyone's willing to lend a hand. Equally learning to be that person for other people when they start in the future, whether that's at a student station, any sort of society or in a real life job. It's always nice to have those people who can support you. For anybody that doesn't know what your job title might mean, what does your job entail day to day? Ah, yes. The entire what on earth does a producer actually do debate? It's different everywhere. Um, (laughs) So I'm an assistant producer at the moment. So I help on two levels, one being in the show and one being on a more admin basis outside of the show. So I work Wednesday to Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. I'll be helping with a lot of guest booking admin at the moment. I started out a few years ago helping with some digital shifts. So taught myself how to use Photoshop, Premiere Pro, helped make some socials. They're much better now because someone's actually joined full time. So like I said, now I'm doing a lot more admin stuff, helping with guest booking, chatting to PRs, writing up guest notes for the weekend, collecting guests, doing some research, forward planning for future guests and also content. And then when Saturday and Sunday roll around, that's when I'm an in-show assistant producer. So again, I'll be collecting guests for the weekend morning show. We'll get in at eight. We'll do all the prep, double check everything, make sure it's correct. Show starts at 9.30, ends at 12.30. I'll do guest collection in the middle, gather any communication from listeners and take it in to our presenters. After the show, it's prepping for the next day. And then... Along with that comes a lot of audio editing, putting promos together, coming up with fun content ideas and sort of throwing them around. That's a day in the life, but every day is very different. What made you want to be a producer and be on the kind of behind the scenes of the show rather than in front of the microphone as a presenter? Or do you want to? Is that the next step? Are we going to see Polly's very own radio show? No, we did try that at student (laughs) radio. It did not go very well. I've realised that I'm very much better behind the scenes. I think I initially did start out really wanting to be a presenter and then realising I've not really got anything interesting to say. I'd much rather help other people facilitate what they want to say. It's interesting. I think we were talking about preconceptions earlier. You always have a preconception of what any industry is going to be like. But actually doing this job as an assistant producer has really helped me figure out what my strengths actually are and things that I never thought they would be. As you said, we've lived together. I don't think anyone would describe in my personal life would describe me as a particularly organized person. But at work, that is an aspect of my working life that does come together and is good and I like that and I like scheduling and I like admin. That makes me sound very boring. No, I'm exactly with you. I love a to-do list. I love a colour code. Exactly. I love a spreadsheet of planning when things yes. are going on. I, I just like being in the know. I like knowing everything. And that's really helpful in my production career. I think it's highlighted places that I need to improve, which is, you know, confidence, conviction in my own ideas. And I'm getting there. But, you know, every day is a school day. You just keep learning. So, yeah, I think it's just... It's solidified that I prefer that behind the scenes facilitating things rather than actually being the voice, the talent, 
I like I like the helping out with it. So would you have any advice for anyone that thinks that they want to go into radio? Are there any particular skills that you need or experiences that you should try and get or, you know, particular avenues to go down to try and apply for jobs or experience or basically what advice would you have for anyone listening that thinks that they want to go into radio? Some of my advice comes with caveats. Like I think a lot of people say always say yes to everything. I would agree for the most part, but also say know your worth, know your value, know your time as well. It's very easy to sort of get sucked into doing something without actually recognizing your value for that. But yeah, always keep an eye out for opportunities. Like I mentioned before, it might be something that you've never even thought. But again, why not try it? You might not like it. You might like it. That's absolutely fine. That's part of the experience of life. I think the best advice I've heard is very simple. Be on time. Be kind. Always be nice to people. Always be happy to offer support to people. People are more likely to be offer support to you in those circumstances. And yeah, don't be afraid of your ideas. Write them all down, no matter how silly or cringy you think they sound, because when you're talking to someone else about them and bouncing off other people, you'll realise that that's where the best ideas come from as well. In terms of where to go for it, student radio, community and hospital radio are a really good place to look as well, whether that's presenting or producing. There's lists all over the internet of community radio stations you can go to as well. And yeah, just contacting local radio stations for shadowing, work experience. More often than not, they're very happy to have people in and have a look around as well. And it's just really interesting to see that behind the scenes aspect of it. That's great advice. Thanks, Polly. So, Danielle, what is a typical day like in your job as a radio presenter? I do two shows normally a day, and that's for, at the moment, Absolute Radio 90s I do and Absolute Radio in the evenings which I work with a really small team. I haven't had a producer as such my whole career. It's normally just me doing all the tech and everything like that. Just get ready for the evening show and then sort of start looking ahead to Sundays where I have a more specialist show. So pulling together music for that. I'm a real passionate fighter for the underdogs. I'm always trying to find what other people aren't saying is cool, you know, because like it's always been the same you know there's always been a fashion there's always been people that are in vogue but I always think people get missed so I always try I don't always succeed but I try and look for people that haven't got the money behind them to have a radio plugger get their music sent to me there's a whole system in place that costs money so if you're a musician but you don't have any money sometimes that can be quite a hurdle so I'm always trying to do that and that through the Mercury Prize as well Previously, we had Chris Stark on the show and he recommended going into hospital radio if you want a career in broadcasting. Do you have any other recommendations about how someone would start a career in radio? Student Radio Association is really good to get in touch with. I didn't do radio at Southampton. I remember them doing stuff like and having speakers out and I never got involved in that, but I possibly should have done. But again, I didn't know that's what I was going to do back then. So that and they have the Student Radio Awards every year which is really great. They have hosts coming in from national radio to talk. And if you get an award and a step up like that, that's quite good recognition in the industry. And I know Radio One have done loads of stuff over Christmas with people stepping in for DJs and stuff. So there's lots of opportunity out there. And I know that Bauer, where I work, they have a sort of academy and um, that's on their website. Oh, and things like Glastonbury Festival, they have an on-site radio station for a week over the festival so you can apply volunteer to go and take part in that which is would be wicked be so much fun but yeah festivals do them and uh, volunteer on podcasts and 
just get keep your demo up to date. Uh, annoying social media. I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of social media, but it's a necessary evil, I think, in this game. <laughs> so yeah, just to do that and just, yeah, Student Radio Awards, really good one. And Global, where I used to work with XFM and and they house loads of stations over there, like Capital, et cetera. They have an academy and, you know, sort of things like that. So just keep looking. And production houses actually are probably, that's a really good tip. They make a lot of shows that you hear on the radio that you might not think. So there's lots of other sort of really cool, lovely offices and studios around Soho and Manchester and places that are making great audio. So check out those as well. Like you said, you do a lot of specialist work. How did you find your specialism? Was it something that you've always been passionate about where you kind of fell into and now that's your niche? Well, I mean, Southampton, when I was in Southampton, like I said at the start, I had a really very exciting music scene. And I don't know if many of the landmarks are still there. Lennon's was a place we went to a lot that's opposite the Dorchester. I don't know if that's changed names now. But we spent a lot of time there. The Joiners, which I know is still there. Loads of bands were coming to play in that. I used to work behind the bar at the Guildhall for a bit of extra cash and watching gigs through the door. Anyway, we used to go to all of them all the time. And there were bands like Delays, who were huge from Southampton. There was a band called Flea in New York that were massive. Uh, Thomas Tantrum were there when I was doing it. And there was a guy called Ali Wolf, who was a promoter in Southampton. And he was pretty fundamental in spinning a lot of plates. And the scene was vibrant like you couldn't get into this club it was like I don't know it was just very very exciting all the bands were coming to play Isle of Wight Festival everyone were kind of and Best of All just started and it was on the Isle of Wight that year Best of All for a few years and everyone would jump on the ferry and don't know it was good times and um, that kind of anchored my love of that particular music I think and then it's just just grown you know it's all those scenes that were spiraling then it's just kind of grown from that I guess. And before we started recording, you were talking about how you manage some artists as well as part of your job. What's that like? I got into that because, again, it's a money thing. It's a kind of, I don't know, I I really like putting pieces of the jigsaw together. I like challenges and like seeing where things fit. And art's a really weird thing to sell. And many artists themselves find it really difficult to sell themselves because they're much happier in a studio, much happier playing live. So... When you get something right and you get an artist playing the right gig to the right crowd and you see them all queuing up to buy their records at the end and artists has had an incredible experience, the audience has, and they've bought the, you know, it is business at the end of the day, but art is a very tricky commodity to sell. So I like that challenge of it and just, I don't know, I think I just care a bit too much about it, just making sure it exists and survives, you know, it's the musician's and artists have had it really tough the last few years with streaming culture and and then COVID with touring and it's changed a lot. It's really funny. You can book a show in Switzerland or Czech Republic or Mexico or Australia and certain things will just connect on a mad level um, that they might not connect with in Reading, you know, and it's just finding the gap and finding the audience and then things fly. And that's nice. Amazing. And are there any final pieces of wisdom that you wanted to share with anybody? Obviously, you've given your tips, but any like parting advice or wisdom for anybody listening, thinking about going into this as a career? I think it's important to kind of know your strengths, but you know, like what what you're into where you can bring that to the radio, because there are just so many people that want to be in radio. So I know one person who really loves motorbikes and that's a kind of side passion of hers as well. And she does radio or there's me, I'm an artist manager, so I 
manage an artist I promote tours I still go touring and playing in gigs and stuff and festivals and stuff like that learn your gear I suppose like if you want to I would say if you are into any kind of electronic or music with vibe definitely get into DJing it's a really handy thing so you can play out you can go out and play festivals as well which is another income stream if you're a good storyteller maybe get into voiceovers it's just kind of finding your my thing is interviews that's what I love I love to interview people musicians artists you know everyone scientists so i love doing that so uh yeah that's my niche i found mine so it's just find out but you only do it through practice and just be genuine if you don't know how to pronounce something don't say it that's my final <laughs> tip <laughs> so james when you're not editing this podcast what's a day in the life like working at irock over the course of week i go into 10 schools and we teach up to five or six bands of primary school children and put them in rock bands so we get three of them on guitars up to two of them on drums up to two on keyboards and up to two singing and we have half an hour weekly sessions where we take them out of their classes and we'll rock out we'll learn songs they get to pick their own song they pick their own band name you know for the juniors it's so much about building confidence since covid infant school children i've seen have had a lack of growth in confidence just where they haven't had the same exposure to being able to perform, to being able to, you know, go into school full time for, you know, all the time for two years and actually getting them in a band and doing something really enjoyable, really creative, something that they can focus on. I think it boosts their confidence massively, working on teamwork skills, basics of music, you know, playing at the same time, counting together. However, some of the year five and six bands, they're so, so good. And when we do their end of term concerts, we have three of them a year. They play some really hard songs. You know, parents and guardians are genuinely impressed of how cool the music is. And that's definitely the really enjoyable part when you've worked really hard for a few weeks, really nailing a song. And then they do really well and they perform and they smile and they take a well, they don't take a bow because they're a bit embarrassed about, but they smile and wave. <laughs> and that's really, really, uh, uh, I think, the best part of the job. And are these children that have had no exposure to learning instruments and music and things? Or are there people that have had like a bit of a mixture of both? We have a mix. When I started almost two years ago, I had loads of schools that we used to do and a couple of new ones. And in those new ones, I've had students who've never touched an instrument before and are now doing concerts and playing for two years for half an hour sessions. They're playing to a pretty high standard. Wow. Yeah. So much more confident. But we also get people who are really confident. We had one child come in for one of our summer camps and he went on to audition for the School of Rock Musical. Wow. And I don't think I know it's really, really cool. Um, he was insane at drums. Insane. That's so cool. But yeah, there's a real, real diverse mix of students. We try to specifically, you know, target as well students who, you know, give them the opportunity on IROC to go, well, actually, this child might not ordinarily have the opportunity to have paid for lessons. Let's bring them in. And actually, I think that's a really good dynamic for children to work with others they wouldn't normally in their class. And like I recently ran in a, what we called an experience day where we got children on pupil premium in the several schools brought them all together and we did this kind of big learning day where they all learned to song I think they did one big band they performed in front of their parents and gardens at the end yeah so I think having that diversity is of talent is really really good and I think it's crucial actually for the development of confidence 
It sounds amazing. I, I definitely, I think, because I didn't really have a lot of exposure to playing instruments when I was younger, and now I wish I could play an instrument. So if I had people coming into school to help you learn instruments, I just think that's the coolest thing. I wish I'd done it when I was a child. Do you have any advice for people wanting to get into working in the music industry? Use your time at university to try out loads of random things. I did musical theatre society. I'm a useless actor, but they're just getting involved with stuff you enjoy. You know, I learned project management skills from that, ultimately. And I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm learning project management skills. It just kind of happened. We did a show called Maiden Dagenham and I was conducting. I had no idea how to conduct. I had to kind of learn. But I learned how to manage a band, how to get a band to come to attention when I need them to, bringing them in to start, being really clear with signals. Um, yeah, just get involved. I wish I did even even more. I don't think I would have had time to. I was already pretty tired, but just get involved with loads of stuff you enjoy. And actually, if you commit yourself to things you enjoy, you're going to pick up skills passively and not realise it at the time. So when you come to write a CV, you can go, oh, actually, I can do this, 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 this and this. That's really important. So immerse yourself in the university experience. And do you think that freelancing and having little kind of side jobs is something that's quite prevalent if you want to work in the musical media industry. Yeah, I think broadening your portfolio of what you can do and say, I've got involved in that and almost showing a can-do attitude. I think it's really important. You know, there is an element of say yes to everything. You don't want to completely wreck your work-life balance, but um, yeah, know your boundaries. Having lots of little freelance things I think it forces me to progress as a musician, as a person, which I you know, enjoy in itself. But actually, you then can have these little mini, mini targets. Oh, I've got a gig then. I've got to edit this podcast by them. Oh, I'm picking up a new podcast I'm editing and they want a jingle and they want an audiogram and they want all of this. I need to get on and do that. And I think it keeps it really varied. Yeah, I really like what I do and I really like the balance I've struck. So, yeah, I think it is important. But yeah, don't overstretch yourself. What advice would you have for people going into freelancing? The most important thing is to just start. Pick something and run with it. There's a certain fake it till you make it element to it. A great first step is one-to-one teaching. I know most people who are doing university degree can teach most GCSE students at their subject, not just in music, but pretty much at anything. But yeah, one-to-one online teaching. There's loads of websites that say, you know, sign up with us and we'll pay you £15 an hour or something to teach. It's not going to be making you millions. Actually, it's really, really good experience. And it's okay to not be perfect first time. You're allowed to learn. Thank you so much to Polly, Danielle and James for coming on to this week's episode. Genuinely so interesting getting to hear about their different careers and hopefully there was some really helpful advice there if you're also thinking about going into radio, broadcasting or music in some way. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next month for a brand new episode. Goodbye.